0: A Tricky Kid Media Original distributed by iHeartRadio. Welcome to Prince, the Encore, an exciting addition to the Tricky Kid Radio Podcast Network, where we honor the life and legacy of our greatest inspiration. Prince, what was once a yearly special, is now a monthly venture into the vault of his royal badness. Join us for a people's history and hear from those who knew him best, plus fan stories from all over the world and more. Welcome back for part two of our chat with the legendary Jill Jones. Today we are going to dive deep into her time on the set of Graffiti Bridge and so much more. And now your host, filmmaker, DJ, and Prince scholar, Roy Turner.
1: stuff here speaking yes. of fun you had me rolling laughing during the graffiti bridge uh i'm friends with DeAngela. yes and when we watched that together i was i i was howling laughing you were so you were hysterical during that.
2: i never saw it the only thing i ever could say that i saw was when filming it just that's how i would know Oh, is that the scene? And if I happened to be on set, but when it was all put together, I had no clue, knew that it didn't do very well. I was living in New York at the time when that came out. Yeah. So watching it with DeAngelo's Forum about it, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't help but crack jokes. You know, right. I couldn't. That's my personality anyway.
1: Sure, sure. And I
2: never really cared for watching myself on film, but that's irresistible that totally. that actually is like
1: you know. <laughs> it is irresistible to kind of just kind of look at that at that time and place and kind of how silly it was but my goodness it looked like it was so much fun to film
2: it was i mean and the funny thing is after watching it you can kind of get the feeling when prince got bored with editing it like you can yeah, almost yeah. be like and you know, boy, she's out of there. Ambulance came, took her right off, you know. When, <laughs> it yeah. was like, and also that's how his mind worked too. Like, okay, move it right along. It, You know, if you're just a newcomer on the block to Prince, that would have been like, the hell is going on? <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> uh, years to put it together that you were also the waitress in Purple Rain. I never, I never made that connection.
2: I know a lot of people have said that to me. It more and more like, oh my god, I had no idea that it was you. So yeah, that's Probably, from changing the hair all the time. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, it's it's just two different. It's just such two different uh, personas. We also because you know in Purple Rain, uh, you know you're kind of I wouldn't say submissive, but you know you're kind of you're kind of precocious. The character mm-hmm. is. Whereas in Graffiti Bridge, you're just this, this bad bitch This is like, yeah. like taking shit from everybody. But nobody. I think
2: that was really kind of what happened in our actual relationship. I, I think at the beginning that, to be honest, I had just come back from France uh, living there and, you know, I was trying to learn French and, you know, I was a feeling, feeling myself a little bit more on the set and everything, and in a really weird way because the script did, he kept writing during the filming of this thing. So yeah, my character totally <clears throat> became the bitch that he thought I was at that
1: <laughs> point. Did <laughs> he ever tell you that you were gonna be the lead in the film?
2: Oh, when he was casting it? Yeah, I mean, Kim Basinger and and he had written a script, but I think whatever happened with them, was why that script changed and i hear from many people now he asked everybody to be something in that film and whoever said yes got picked well you know i was like cool i need the money i'll do it
1: right um but let's be honest though were you pissed when ingrid got the 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 main role instead of you
2: absolutely Hmm. absolutely because first of all i was more upset when he kind of like broke up with Kim in a weird way, because what they had before was so much better and richer. And unfortunately he couldn't take her ideas. And, and it was kind of obvious to know which were her ideas.
1: Really? Okay. Why
2: it would have been a very elevated concept as opposed to what we were going to get in that version, because it was a more spiritual centric And really, almost like a Vim Vendors type of concept with the angels, the dark, and the light. And I think she had the experience to actually see how that was supposed to look and be.
1: And that killed me the most is when you go, Well, isn't she a judgy little fucking angel? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, regardless. But I just wanted to know I mean, like, was it had. Was that influenced at all by any sort of malice you might have felt towards Ingrid about about the role?
2: Well, it, there were a few things. I mean, like Ingrid went out with my old friend Lenny Kravitz from high right. school, so it was just too much. It was like touching in so many areas, and you know, Lenny was living at one point at Tina's house, going through his thing with Lisa, and. You know, I just found it to be really fucked up. I was like, you know, he had a baby. It was just like, so yeah, I had a little bit of a thing like, really? You know, like, really? And then Prince was always trying to figure out how to shift how he met her. And what he, you know, because I was like, well, how'd you meet her? Oh, in, in a club. Meanwhile, he flew her from Atlanta, brought, moved her up there, you know, It was like so when you're hanging out with somebody and they're like skirting all over the place, yeah, for me, yeah. And then when she went and did the song with Lenny, I knew it was a burn. And I couldn't help and resist telling him that's what you get. Like the real spike came in when he put Elisa Ferrarillo's voice over mine. And I think I called him and said, You're so petty that you went that far. And he was like. No, she just sang it better. And I said, but you're so petty because my contract says you aren't really allowed to do that, but I'm going to let you go. I'm going to let you do what you need to do. I said, but you're petty.
1: Is there a, is there a version of you singing that anywhere? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the people, unless he
2: erased it,
1: but yes. But have you ever heard it?
2: I used to have a copy of it, but yes, okay.
1: for sure. Okay. Yeah, because I would, I would love to hear you say. I would. I would love that. I
2: wish you know, uh, but yeah, there was a version. Okay. So, make a scream
3: and shout, the love machine. Yeah.
1: <laughs> See you. And, and you still got it.
3: I know I'm-
1: I would be remiss if I didn't. I got to ask about the panty drop scene. Uh, Whose idea was that?
2: His. And he wrote it. It was not in the original script. And he wrote that while I was on set. Like, he was like, I got the best. Like, he came in that day. And, you know, and it's really crazy because setups for film, you know, you're dealing with your line producers and all these people. They plan for the day. Money, money is very important setups. They did that setup. Uh, I don't know what scenes got shifted around, but he did stuff like that, which also can become very expensive. But yeah, he thought it up that that's what I was going to do. And, uh, you know, he was in his bro moment during that right. time. Sure. He was very broy on the film. And I also think that, and then to go from being a bro.
1: Because there was something is about the movie that kind of doesn't allow you to suspend your disbelief in the way that that it needs to for it to work. But it does. Right.
2: Work. That's exactly right. right. That's what it was.
1: We're talking about the past. Let's talk about the present for a second. Mm-hmm. Here. Okay. You got, got some new music.
2: This song, Not Another Love Song, I did with my friend George Claiborne. More experimentational in a way. I kind of like just going back and doing some b ish stuff because I had been doing, you know, a lot of dance stuff in the last previous years, right, and uh, then I just thought this was just something else to try. I like trying different genres.
4: We're gonna take a quick break and be right back with more Tricky Kid Radio. Tricky Kid Radio is distributed by iHeartRadio and is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the Google Play Store. Subscribe for free on the iHeartRadio app or on your favorite podcast platform. Subscribe to Tricky Kid TV on YouTube.com for a stunning visual look at all the fun we have here, plus exclusive content, short films, and more. Follow us on social media, our Twitter handle, at Tricky Kid 2, type Tricky Kid Radio Podcast on Facebook, and DJ Tricky Kid on Instagram. Speaking of which, subscribe now to Roy Turner's alter ego DJ Tricky Kid's amazing Twitch channel at twitch.tv for retro gaming, exclusive DJ sets, as well as DJ instruction and live streaming of Tricky Kid Radio, where you, the audience, can participate and interact with our guests. Don't miss a single stream, so you can be up to date on the latest on all things Tricky Kid. Subscribe now at twitch.tv slash DJ While we take a short break, let me assure you this isn't an ad you can afford to skip. Simply be entranced by my voice so you can hear from these great sponsors.
1: Hey guys, while we take a break, I wanted to tell you something about my favorite venue in Texas, uh, and maybe the world over. Uh, if you have never been to the Texan Theater in Greenville, which is uh, it's you know a little ways north uh, on your way to Oklahoma, uh, it's a I guess it's about an hour and a half, maybe north of of Dallas. Uh, it is the greatest venue in the world the proprietor owner and just all-around badass Barbara Haran p- puts on one of the most unique experiences you will ever have in your life uh, she approaches things from a very different business model that I think the whole world should embrace and we would all would be uh, better for it it's just this amazing uh, experience where you get to see uh, one of your favorite artists up close in a gorgeous venue and dinner is included unlimited drinks are included Um, you know she treats her staff so well they're not getting the whatever the $2 an hour and relying on tips and she makes she takes good care of them literally none of them have had to suffer uh, throughout the pandemic, thankfully. Uh, Barb's just a great gal, a great person, uh, very creative, and just uh, just one of my favorite people. And so if you're ever in Greenville or even anywhere near Dallas, make a point to visit the Texan Theater and, and, uh, in Greenville. And as you know, we're working on our uh, uh, King's X film project. You know, as you know, I'm a filmmaker myself and so we'll be should be talking about that maybe in the context of Tribeca soon uh but we will be having the film along with a live performance uh with King's X there at the Texas theater uh as soon as we can get this sucker done so so once again Texan theater in Greenville check it out
2: I'm here with my friend Roy. He is talking all things, pieces of me. This is Tiffany here to always, always tune in to Tricky Kid Radio with Roy Turner.
4: Once again, your host, Roy Turner.
1: If you just joined us, we're speaking with the incomparable Jill Jones. Uh, you just heard not another love song. Uh, it's a brand new track. And I think that's so cool. You're- I was telling him my daughter had just gotten signed or
2: she was going to be signed to a label. And then he became incredibly animated and said, she should not sign anything. Don't. And it became a really like he was just like, no, he goes, you know, record things are record deals are evil. The people in it are they're horrible. And I was like, I know. I said, but what are you going to do with kids these days? He said, well, let me talk to her or let me do something with her. Or I was like, I'll try. I said, yeah, she's got some great stuff. And I was like, you know, she works as hard as you do, which is crazy, I said, constantly writing. And he was like, hmm.
1: I love it that when he touched upon the record label thing and suddenly it hits that nerve because he was on a crusade about It was about a nerve. That. It was right? still
2: a nerve, yes, and, for sure. And
1: then he showed how much he also cared about you with also with your daughter because he was like, I'm not letting anybody that I care about fall into these traps. That's true.
2: That's true. You know? He did, Yeah
1: but what's neat to me though is that you were saying well i can talk to her whereas it seems like i would have thought you would have said don't you go near my fucking daughter okay when it comes right.
2: to <laughs> yeah that's actually interesting cuz <laughs> it would be like yeah i i know she had a good head on her shoulders and i also know that she's more of a musician than i ever was i think that that conversation becomes a more musician conversation i think sure. from the women that he uh, surrounded himself with towards the end, like Janelle Monet, they um, They're musicians first. I also knew my daughter had an ambition. Uh, unlike, you know, she wasn't going to fall in love with him or anything, but yeah, no, I still think that he could have guided, he could have still imparted some very important uh, wisdom Still.
1: Did they ever meet did did, did your daughter him no. ever meet? Okay. No. So um
2: no not really no.
1: Was it were you ever like publicly his girlfriend?
2: No. No and the, and <coughs> and you know for him to do that anyway it always seemed very uh calculated, you know, who he decided to align himself with because I don't think he was ever really official official with he was official to the public, but he had so many moving parts going on in his relationship world, right? That you know, we all kind of knew it was for the greater good of whatever he was putting forth in the industry in a really weird way. Yeah, I mean, he kept those plates spinning, you know, yeah. whatever he told every other girl, you know, that he was dating at the same time, and why this one was the focal point. This one, if you look at them, really seriously they were all pretty strategic moves
1: yeah it seemed like he was i mean is it fair to say it's almost like he was kind of pitting you guys against each other at at, at some point
2: i don't think that men have to pit women against each other to pit themselves against each other when you're dating the same person you know it's like it's very hard uh so i don't know if he intentionally did it but I think he had, like I said, a lot of moving parts. And there now, after since his passing, there's so many other women that have come forth. And he had simultaneous relationships going on. He, uh, you know, things he would be doing with them. It's like where he got the energy, I don't know. <laughs> and not everything was always physical. There was always just some curiosity and some kind of relationship that he maintained for whatever reasons. Um, But monogamy was really not his thing. To kind of appear like a power couple and things like that was really important because of the influences of like an Elvis and Priscilla and uh, different artists from those days. He started to, uh, Yoko and John, you know, it's like he tried to emulate those. He had Vanity, he had Susanna. Also Susanna's dad was very instrumental in the Grammy situation and all of that stuff. If you look at Prince, you would actually start to think he's like a male version of a Jackie. Uh, who is that woman who wrote all those novels back in the 80s? Like he is the female vixen who knew about him. The, and Jackie Collins, yeah. uh, he's totally <laughs> that character. Right, so it's right. always really not to disparage him or the, his relationships. He just was... Their every move was a chess move was, and he became engaged to Susanna. He called and told me he was getting engaged. She might've even told me before he told her, this is what was so bizarre. And so that was kind of like knowing that our relationship was done. What is she going to do? I was in New York. I was in the penthouse, which was his apartment. He never only stepped foot in a few, several times. And that was when... The contracts came out to be signed. I was not signed at all through the whole process.
3: Okay, okay.
2: Which is very interesting. He pretty much signed everybody quickly, but with me, he didn't really have to worry at all. This is when he decided he was gonna keep me like in a little like glass container forever. And that's pretty much why the record, I believe, got done because he wasn't really ready to let that just dissolve because that was the writing on the wall.
1: When a Prince song comes on the radio, what do you do? Do you turn it off?
2: No, I I don't turn it off. There was a time that I did, Okay. but, um, and there was a, I will say there was a time that I was like no Prince records in my house when I was raising my daughter and then miraculous or crazy as life has it. I was in the kitchen one day and I was you know, cooking in New York, and my little daughter runs in, and she was singing, and it was musicology, and she loved that song, musicology, and she was <laughs> dancing, I'll never forget it, and I was like, oh my god, no, what am I gonna do, what am I gonna say, I can't, and she was like, Dougie, la, da, da, da. she knew about the Dougie lyric, It's time. Like, you know, it was like I started to see it as really nice energy and 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 a nice healing in a weird way. When I hear his stuff, I'm always like, wow, that moment for me was like I felt that the universe was telling me you have to embrace this, accept it and have a lot of compassion to look at this in a different way. I mean, he had processes, but he also, and they were wacky and they were all over the place, but he also had certain people who could deal with that structure. And once they were gone, right, there was no way to bring anybody else in there to deal with the structure. So things just were not structured.
1: The life that you have lived, even before you met Prince, like you said, you had this mm. pedigree in, in in your household growing up. What excites you now?
2: Home stuff, cooking, baking bread, tending to my garden were not always there
1: right in right. some of those years. right.
2: The things that took a back seat. You know, yes, in the Gordy family, it was family was first. You honored family, and even in my mom's family, however, missed the days in Ohio. In August, August being where it's kind of muggy, humid, a lot of mosquitoes near like the lake, and my feet in long grass and sitting in a wooden chair. And I miss that. Right. Like, I have the life that I probably, have, my soul has always yearned for.
1: Jill, I have enjoyed you <laughs> and enjoyed this so you. much today. Me too. I look forward, I hope the next time we do this, it'll be in person. Yeah. It'll be a lot definitely. of fun. Uh, but again, Jill, thank you for for taking the time. Oh to my God, I'm so happy we did
2: this. This was really good.
1: Once again, want to thank the amazing Jill Jones. Man, what a ride this is! Uh, God, she was so fun and so great to talk to, and uh, just so generous with her time. And we really connected, man. We're gonna. I'm sure we will do it again, and I hope to see uh, her again uh, soon down the road.
0: Prince the Encore is part of the Tricky Kid Media Network and distributed by iHeartRadio and available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the Google Play Store. Subscribe for free on the iHeartRadio app or on your favorite podcast platform. This has been a presentation of Tricky Kid Media Originals, distributed by iHeartRadio. Created, directed, edited, and mastered by Roy Turner. Artwork by Antora Sandy. Marketing and PR by Francesca Miles. Prince the Encore is hosted by Roy Turner with introductions by me, Tabby Cat. Follow us on Twitter at TrickyKid2 and at Cat underscore Tabby. You can also follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash DJ Tricky or twitch.tv forward slash Tabby Cat. Thanks for listening. We hope you'll join us next week. Roy Turner is a proud member of the Purple Avengers, a collective of print scholars, bringing an academic approach to his monolithic body of work via megathreads on Twitter, hosted by
4: Edgar Cruz and DJ UMB.
3: one time for someone else to show up and disrupt all the love and trust that we built and as life goes by no one would expect you to lose your shine i shouldn't know you would be there because you're my I really miss you In your heart and it's lived in your soul. There's no explanation that can make it understandable or make it feel right when you lose someone who